Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Untypical Podcast. Uh, last week on Instagram, I had put out a poll asking whether people knew what a condition called aphantasia means. And the results came back and, you know, I wasn't very surprised with them. Uh, 75 to 78%, I think, said that they didn't know what aphantasia is. So for the people who don't know what aphantasia is, Oh, let me let me put it to you this way. Let me break it down for you this way. What I want you to do right now, anyone who's listening, I want you to close your eyes and just imagine what I'm going to be describing to you now. Okay, so I, I hope your eyes are closed and uh, imagine you're on a beach, okay? You're on a beach, uh, it's blue ass water, uh, there's yellow sand, uh, you're sitting facing the ocean, uh, there's a... Uh, palm tree to your to your right and there's a bunch of kids playing volleyball to your left there's a dog running across the beach and you're sitting there facing the ocean and you have like a drink in your hand whatever the fuck you want to drink or beer or like anything you want anything you like now do you have an image in your mind okay now open your eyes and how many of you had a vivid image in your mind like a clear, crystal clear image of like you sitting on the beach with everything that I described. If you had a vivid image, then you're part of the majority. You don't suffer from aphantasia. However, if you have not seen a vivid image or like a blurry image or like, you know, no image at all, then, I mean, aphantasia might be something you want to look into. So essentially what aphantasia is, is that, from what I've understood, is that your mind's eye, essentially, what is called your mind's eye, is blind. Now, what does that mean? It means that you aren't able to visualize things in your mind as well as other people who can. Now, this is kind of difficult to wrap your mind around, I understand. And it makes complete sense that it's difficult to wrap your mind around. How do you know something exists if you've never experienced it or you've never even heard of it or nothing's ever happened to you that might make you think that this is a possibility, right? I mean, our reality is just practically based upon the facts that we're fed. We, we don't think outside of them. The same applies for people who do suffer from aphantasia. How does somebody with aphantasia know that visualizing something in your mind is a thing? How often do you come and tell your friends that like, oh dude, like, listen, I was visualizing something. You don't, you don't say things like that to your friends, do you? So recently this, this condition got discovered. It's, it's a pretty recent discovery. Uh, and I think till now about like 1% is a reported rate of people suffering from aphantasia. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too quick to, to you know, uh, trust those statistics. Number one, because it's a recently discovered condition. Number two, not many people have come forward. And number three, we just aren't talking about it, are we? Now, I first came to learn of this condition uh, when I was watching this show on Netflix called Space Force. And in that, one of the characters mentions that, you know, he couldn't imagine something in his mind and that it was because he suffers from this condition called aphantasia and i was like holy shit wait that that can't that can't be real can it it can't be it can't be real that somebody is just not able to visualize things in their mind so i decided to do a bit of research and it fascinated me to an extent where i knew i had to make an episode and this had to be something that i had to bring to the limelight people need to know that this thing exists and people need to know if they suffer from it I spoke to someone, and that's what the rest of this episode will be, about his life 
living with aphantasia. Uh, his name is Zachary Elwood, and uh, he has a Twitter account. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'll link everything when I post uh, about the episode on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Pillai Visakhan. So I'll post about everything when I uh, put it on Twitter, so you can go follow him. And you know, he has a podcast as well that he runs. So go give him some love, and uh, you know, uh, just go 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 check out his content. But apart from that, this episode we spoke about his life, uh, living with aphantasia. Now you learn through the course of this episode that aphantasia to you and me might sound like a novelty. It might sound like whoa, dude, that's fucking crazy. Like it's crazy. How do you not like? It, it might some. It might sound like something fucking insane to you. But to someone who lives with aphantasia, it's just normal life, isn't it? So don't expect to listen to this episode with like a whoa, that was. I didn't expect that. Listen to this episode with the mindset that like, okay, this is someone's life. They live life a little differently than me, but it's it's a normal life nonetheless. And he'll explain to you, he'll break down to you how aphantasia has affected his life, or uh, how greatly it's affected his life, and what aphantasia means exactly. Obviously, I I've tried my best to explain it, but like he's gonna do it better than me, obviously. So just listen to the rest of the episode. Uh, I hope you listen to it through to the end, and let me know what you think. You can uh, tweet at me again at Pillai Visakhan or DM me on Instagram at Visakhan underscore seven. Uh, DM me or tweet at me anything. Uh, just any any suggestions you have or any feedback you have, uh, make sure to contact me. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So without any further ado, let's uh, give him a call. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast to begin with. Thanks. How how's your day been though? I, is it like in the morning over there? Yeah, I'm in uh, Oregon, so it's 10:30 in the morning. Where are you located? I'm I'm from India, so it's like oh, it's, okay. it's late in the night now. Gotcha. So uh, I understand you have this condition called aphantasia. Yeah. Uh, so can, can you just run, Can you just run me? Can you just run me through what it exactly means? Sure. Uh, my understanding, uh, and I've read a good amount about it, is basically people that say they do not have a an inner uh, mental imaging. Um, a visual processing when they imagine things. So, in other words, a lot of people would claim that they can see things when they imagine things, see them pretty clearly in a in a, a way that they would describe as visual. And people with aphantasia would say that they can't relate to that at all. Like, there's nothing visual about you know their thoughts or their you know their their inner representations of of, of things. So, when you say that you've had no visual visuals in your mind and your mind's eye is technically blind uh, mm-hmm. how how did you come to know that you had this condition because you can't know that you have something that you don't know doesn't exist right right yeah and and like a lot of people um i didn't i didn't realize that other people were different than me until maybe you know i'm i'm 42 now so maybe like 10 years ago when i first read about oh uh, you know people you mean people not everyone is completely you know non-visual and i i, I was kind of I still actually am skeptical. Like I, I find it hard to believe that anyone actually could uh, have something that was visual that they would describe as visual when they 
imagine things. I, I still am. I, I just sort of like people that you know. If people can visualize things, they probably find it equally hard to believe that I that that people can't. But I it just was so foreign to me, and you know, uh, yeah. So it it was something that I didn't realize later. And like a lot of people, there's a lot of articles about people realizing like, oh, I had no idea that you know this basic thing was different for other people. I mean, yeah, that that makes sense to me because、uh, I I don't have aphantasia. So when you first told me that you don't visualize things in your mind. That was kind of difficult for me to wrap my mind around.、Mm-hmm. So, it, does it work like、uh, if I tell you to imagine yourself on a beach with like the sun and the water's blue and there's like a palm tree on the right? You're not able to visualize that in your mind. Not in a way I would describe as visual. Like I think there's the way I, I would describe it, which I've seen it described as, and people have said it was a good analogy, is like you can. You know, just like a computer, you, you can imagine a computer imagining things without without a display plugged in, and so it's more of like a, you know, a、uh, an internal wireframe. I mean, I can I can get like a foggy idea, like I can I can kind of loosely say like, oh, if I was imagining, if I was looking at a picture, there might be something in this area, there might be something in this area, like you know, in in my mind's eye or closing my eyes, but there's nothing resembling visual. Uh, a visual appearance. It's more like a vague sense of like, oh, there'd be something like this over here. There'd be something like this over here in this general spatial sense. But there's nothing like a an image. Yeah. But、and、then, does,、uh, how, yeah. how do you、uh, how how do you recall memories then? Because if you can't visualize memories, then、uh, how exactly do you you know just look back well, at times and stuff? Well, it's yeah, it's see, I, I would say you know it's. I would say it's conceptual. It, to me, there's nothing visual about, you know,、uh, imagine a computer like calling up something. It doesn't, you know, it can call up many things,、um, you know, including complex 3D representations of things without without it ever being visual. So,、um, you know, when I there, there's no limit really to. I mean, because. You know, aphantasia people can be very creative. They can have very good memory. It, it's more about conceptual. Like if I if I'm re- remembering something that happened to me, it's more about concepts. Like this happened, this happened. I know that I can still remember. Like oh, I remember like this was this was green or this was you know it, it looked this way in some conceptual sense. But none of those things are at the form of a visual representation. If that makes sense. Oh,、uh, you mentioned that you know this doesn't affect creativity as such. Uh, but how, how would someone with aphantasia,、uh, you know, draw or like paint something from memory without having the subject like in front of them? Well, it's it's pretty simple because I mean I I actually went to art school and I, and I would argue that you know there's there's no limit on that because when I'm drawing, say I'm drawing something, it's about it's a you still have a concept of what something looks like. It, you know, it doesn't mean that you have no memory or no concept of what things look like. You still have a spatial sense. You know, so if I'm drawing something from memory,、uh, which I'm pretty good at, by the way, I, I mean I can draw things. I wouldn't call them; they're not like being summoned from a visual representation. But I have a sense of where things belong, and 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 part of part of the human mind is, or mind in general, is you have a you have a memory of how things looked, even if you can't describe those things concretely. So, for example, like even though I can't summon a picture of my you know mother's face in a visual way. I could still look at a picture and say that picture is wrong, right? Because be- beneath the hood of your mind, you still have memories, 
about what is correct and what's not, even if those things aren't conscious to you. So when I'm drawing something, for example, I would be like, oh, well, spatially, I know this thing's over here. I intellectually know this thing's over here. I should draw this over here. And I know, and I know when I look at what I draw, I know it looks right or not, right? Because I have that under the hood knowledge of, of how things should look, even if I'm conscious of it or not. I, I, can, I, can, I can reality check and say, that's correct. That's not correct. Um, and actually, you know, it actually gets back to why I'm kind of skeptical that most people uh, can visualize as well as they claim to be able to visualize mentally. Because I, I think if you, you know, if, if if you took people who said that they were good visualizers, uh, I would I would I would uh, expect if you sat them down and told them to draw things from their visual memory, they wouldn't be that good at it compared to you know looking at an actual picture of it. And I think that's because people's claims of being able to visualize things just aren't as good as they think they are i think i think some of it's an illusion you know but we can get into that later if you want <laughs> i mean sure yeah but uh, how how accurate would you say that your drawings are like or uh, if i asked you to draw an elephant from memory would it be a very would you would you be able to go into the details or would it be more of like a like an outline I mean, I don't think there's any limits on people with aphantasia. My personal abilities, I'm, I'm probably better than average because I went to art school. And, I, you know, like I said, it's it's less about the it's less about the visual uh, memory of the thing than it is about like, well, I know that I, I know that an elephant has these traits and I'll start drawing them. And when I get them out on paper, when I start looking at it, I will be able to fact check and be like, well, that doesn't adhere to. Uh-huh. you know my my memory of how it should look even if i can't visualize it it's more like well now that i see it i can adjust it and uh, and also just yeah so being able to fact check is a big part of that um but yeah i think i, I mean definitely to, to your point about creativity though I, I definitely think people with aphantasia would be much less likely to get involved in in visual art forms because for me it's just is not something i'm that interested in i'm more interested in concepts and and uh, traits of things and, and more intellectual things. Like I've, I, I, even though I went to art school, it, it was mainly because of video and film. Like I, I, I doubt that there would be many people with aphantasia who would want to get into like the, um, you know, drawing and painting. Those people are probably, you know, almost certainly going to tend to be people who rate, rate themselves as high visualizers. Like I've talked to some artists who, who claim that their visual representations were like 100%. So they claim, they were like, oh, I think it's even, maybe better than 100% they claimed. And, and that to me is just kind of, you know, kind of mind blowing like that they that they would claim that because it's just so foreign to, you know, my internally blank world, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so you went to art school for, for video and film, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, suppose you need to draw a storyboard or you need to visualize a scene that you're going to direct mm-hmm. uh, for, 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 a, for a movie or like a, or anything for that matter. Uh, what is your process like? Do you, would you say that your process differs from, uh, you know, directors or movie makers who do not suffer from aphantasia, or would you say it's about the same? I would think functionally. I, I don't think there's that much difference when it comes to those kind of things, just because, you know, for the reasons I mentioned. Like, I just think there's 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 not many limitations when it comes to actually just drawing stuff and then you can be a very good drawler like i'm a pretty good storyboarder just because i understand the concepts of you know a a a a film screen is you know this ratio and i know uh i know intellectually what has to go in each quadrant to make a good to set up a good scene and things like that i I don't think there's any limits in that regard because it's 
and a lot of those things are just a more intellectual knowledge where it's like oh i i you know i still understand the concept of uh, concepts of space the spatial representations where they have to go in the in the in the uh quadrant of of the of the scene you know things like that uh so i, I would say yeah i don't think there's much different though you know you could make the argument it's probably you know if you if you pulled uh, you know f- uh video film directors or uh you know directors specifically you probably would find that they they are more uh visual uh thinkers yeah and probably less likely to have aphantasia i would i would expect i mean it might be the reason i'm no longer you know i I barely was in the video film industry it just wasn't it turned out to not to be something i was that interested in so what what kind of movies would you would you direct or would you be interested in oh i i never really got that you know far into it i worked on i worked on some uh you know when i was young in in college and out of college i worked on some like local commercial uh online commercial kind of stuff and then i worked on some you know production assistant uh-huh. type of stuff in video in some films but i haven't done much in that area uh but i i do think like i do think there's probably a good amount of visually creative people that have aphantasia i haven't looked into that that would be an interesting poll though but i think it's more common than people think i think you know i, th- I think when you get down to it functionally um uh, i think there's you know both people with aphantasia and people not and everybody on the spectrum finds it hard uh to imagine somebody uh, somebody reporting such a different uh way of being but i think when you get down to it functionally you know we all still have to we're all still spatial beings we all intellectually whether we visualize it or not we all intellectually have to understand uh space and where things go in space whether you have a visual representation of it or not well i mean yeah naturally uh mm-hmm. so i mean it, it works the same with people who uh have eyesight and then lose their sight through it's not like they can't visualize things anymore right they still know where things are right just, and i think they, and i think those way? people yeah and i think those people like if you if you had say you had sight and you uh were you know rated yourself as a high visualizer of mental images and then you lost your eyesight i would imagine you'd still be able to you know still visualize mentally images even if you couldn't visually actually see yeah i would think yeah. so uh, would would you say it works to see with aphantasia is it possible for you to develop it over time or is it something you're always born with well i you know i've actually worked on trying to visualize things more like i've sat you know in- including when i've done some psychedelic drugs i've actually sat and tried to have more visual you know experiences uh you know including like in a meditative way uh, just you know without drugs too obviously but uh i've tried that and i and i i haven't had any success i mean maybe in the slightest way like you know a uh, very 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 fleeting things but um i i would say it's i mean i can only speak for myself but i it seems like it's something that's very you know it, it's either there or it's not and, and it's hard to imagine it changing much for me Oh, you you said you you've experimented with psychedelic drugs right mm-hmm. uh so so like with psychedelic drugs like LSD or mushrooms or anything uh, people usually see visuals right they they see things so mm-hmm. what exactly did you experience when you were uh you know for lack of a better term tripping right uh yeah i would say it's uh you could i definitely have had amazing you know experiences on drugs including uh ketamine which was probably the most you know one of the most amazing experiences but um and i would say on lsd and mushrooms the the uh for those the visual experience 
I, I definitely had strong visual experiences, but they were when I was looking at things in my, you know, in, in the real world. Like, so I was looking at a scene and things would change when it comes to actually like closing my eyes and, and visualizing, there wasn't anything uh, visual there, but it was very conceptually, experientially, uh, you know, uh, different and powerful. Uh, so for example, on ketamine, you know, I would have these, uh, I'd be laying there with my eyes closed and have these amazing experiential feelings and thoughts. And, you know, while there was some kind of slight visual aspect to it, it was almost like more like a, uh, imagining those things than it was seeing them. You know, it was like, I was imagining a, a scene from long ago, but it was very conceptual, just like it is in, I'd imagine in my own dreams and maybe in a lot of people's dreams where afterwards you can talk about those things as if you experienced them but in the moment uh how much of it was visual in my case i don't think it was it wasn't visual it was it was more like the feeling the the concepts you know sort of like a, a computer dreaming or something there's there's nothing you know there's nothing necessarily uh visual about it but all of those things happened you know so i mean uh, i had this question when you first told me that you had aphantasia as well was that, oh, and I, we discussed this briefly, is that th there's a difference between visualizing and imagining, right? Or, or right. Like, when, when people say that, oh, I can see this in my mind, they're not technically seeing it, they're just imagining it. Yeah, I think that is a good, that, that is a good line to draw. And I think a lot of people, even with on the more aphantasia spectrum, because I do believe it's a spectrum, I think people would, would could still use that, you know, uh, that, that expression, you know, and, and a lot of people will report, you know, who have are on the more advantageous side they, they'll they'll say like oh i always thought when people said i can see it i can see it in my mind or i can see it in my mind's eye that that was a figure of expression and not something that they were actually experiencing and that was what i always thought too i always just assumed people were you know using a figure of speech of like oh i'm getting a sense of it in my mind it's conceptual and not like i actually see it but then uh, how would you say that you're that your dreams work because dreams are like you know essentially imaginations right so how would you say that your dreams work what, what exactly do you see when you dream yeah i mean i think that's that that's a very hard question to answer because i would claim that even i, I in my opinion i think many people's dreams are not what they seem because i think there's plenty of writing and, and research on this to to back some of this up too it's it, i think what we report about our dreams uh often is reported as it being visual or something that we visually experience. But I think what actually happens in our dreams is something like it's triggering concepts, triggering thoughts, triggering words, uh, triggering you know, like cliched storylines. And we, re we can report that as visual after, even if those things may not have had any visual characteristic during the dream. And, you know, for an example of this, just something that happened the other night, I was, I had a dream that was, you know, very vivid as, as dreams can be. And, you know, it's kind of like memory. It's like did, it, the, the way it's stored in my brain, uh, you know, the way it ends up in my brain is not necessarily how it was ingested, right? So it could have gone straight to thought and memory form without ever going through a visual, uh, a visual intermediary, in other words. Uh, so even though I had this, you know, for this dream I had the other night, I, it was very visceral and, and affecting. And But when I thought about it, I, I couldn't remember anything visual about it it was like i just had this sense of me driving you know in this example i was driving up a cliff face almost like a vertical cliff face in a car and i you know thinking about it that the concepts were all there 
Uh, but visually, you know, was I inside the car? Was I outside the car? I don't have a sense of that. So for me anyway, and I think for a lot of people, these things are more conceptual. It's like we have an idea, like I'm driving up a cliff face in a car and that, that can be a very affecting uh, reality for us in the dream. Uh, but did we did we actually experience experience that thing visually or not? I, I don't know. I think for me, just because of how I experience day to day, and you know, it, I don't think that necessarily has a visual component even in my dreams. So you mentioned that uh, aphantasia is a spectrum, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. So so if it were on a spectrum, then there are there would be people who visualize or like are highly like you know dependent on their visuals versus people who have no visuals and in the middle there would be a gray area right how would you how would you describe that gray area yeah i would think i mean i think these things for obvious reasons are, are really hard to quantify and uh to to get objective information about but i think you know for one example like on twitter i did a poll that said it got 150 or so responses and you know um 14 15% of the people when asked if they could visualize well said no images just abstract that was 15% which is much higher than you know typically when you read about aphantasia uh, they write it like oh only like one or two or three percent or something whatever they say is in that aphantasia spectrum uh, or, or, or on that side but I mean I think the results of this poll I did like and I've seen other you know I've talked to many people who seem on that more in the intermediate spectrum area you know so in this poll 15% of the people said no images just abstract that's pretty high then another 25% said sort of imagey which was my intermediate intermediary uh, result so that was 25% and then 50% said can see strong visuals um, then there was another 10% that didn't respond that's why it doesn't have to 100 but um so i think you know that gives you a sense of like trying to get a sense of these self-reports of how much of it is visual i i i do think like probably like all human experience uh, a lot of human experience it's it's in this spectrum of like it can be it can be more towards one side more towards another and i think probably most people fall somewhere in the middle where if if you had to actually you know i think you can have an illusion of something being kind of visual or, or or a sense of being kind of visual uh and still it not being actually visual like if that if you ask that person to actually draw that scene they'd be like they would start you know they would fill in the details as they went maybe and, and then kind of may, maybe not even be sure if they saw those things in their visual or not because they're just focusing on one part of the, of the idea at the time at a time but i just think there's these intermediate intermediary areas and and it's uh to call it aphantasia or not is is kind of a misleading thing to me i, I and i think uh i would i haven't looked a lot into the recent research about it but i i i, I would be pretty confident that would be the case if they if they researched it more so would you say that some people also uh you know that their mind's eye visualizes things but not completely like the, the colors would be distorted or uh, it would be fuzzy or, or something like that. W- would that also qualify as aphantasia or would that fall on the spectrum? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, considering I think it's a spectrum, I think um, I just to call something aphantasia or not, I, I, I think of it as more of a, a spectrum. And I think, uh, yeah, I do. I do think people's, you know, I think it's like a lot like life experience in a way, because you know, our experience of the world seems complete and seems seamless. But when you get down to it, it's really not because our minds are doing a lot of like smoothing over of things, you know, 
that's part of what the, the job our minds do is, is, is smoothing over experience and, and making it seem seamless because otherwise the world would be a very jerky, you know, um, random seeming place. Like we're just, we're not aware of a, a lot of the things that go on beneath the surface in terms of processing and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just think, um, yeah, lost my train of thought there at the beginning. What was your question again? <laughs> no, no, it's all right. We can, we can, we can just move on. Uh, what, what would you say uh, is is the scientific reason behind uh, this condition? Because there has to be something, you know, I wouldn't say wrong, but different. So uh, what, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if you if you know this, but uh, what what would be the scientific reason behind this? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's not well understood, but I think um, it's, you know, because it is so hard to object, objectively uh, quantify. But I think um, to me, it, to me, it's just a difference in terms of like what is exposed to the conscious mind, because I think I think a lot of this stuff is actually the same um, when you get down to it. Like, I think it's just a dividing line between the conscious mind and between the unconscious mind. And this, you know, this explains why functionally there's not much difference between people. And that's why people can go, you know, basically their whole lives and never realize that they are so theoretically different than other people. Uh, I, I think it's more of a, in, in terms of like, you know, people with aphantasia that we would call ha having aphantasia still have the ability to do these same things that we've talked about, right? They have the concepts, they have the spatial awareness in their brains, they have the ability to fact check if things are right or not based on their unconscious memory of how things should look. So it's just, a, if we're talking about, it's, it just seems to be a matter of what's exposed to the conscious, you know, more visual side of the mind. So a person, you know, uh, without advantage who is able to who, who, who sa says they see things more, uh, it may just be, you know, this dividing line in the mind where it's like, oh, the mind is exposing a little bit more of that information to their conscious mind, whereas like that stuff may be just more conceptual and beneath the surface for um, people on the more advantageous side, if that makes sense. It does, but uh, from, from what you've told me thus far, it, it, th does this ever get frustrating for you, especially after you found out that you do have this condition? Uh, did, does it get frustrating for you to, to think that, you know, to try and visualize but not be able to? No, I mean, you know, just because it's it's so much about, you know, what you're used to. It, it, it's so hard for me to even comprehend what that would be like that I just, I would never, I can't, I can't relate to, you know, feeling a sense of loss or something like that. To me, it just seems, I, I mean, I honestly can't imagine uh, it would seem to me to be so distracting and scary, actually, to be able to visualize things in a way that I would, you know, in, in a sense that was visual. I, I just can't imagine it. And I've often wondered if, you know, people that are, um, if, you know, if, the, if they could research this, uh, there's probably all sorts of angles you could take. But one thing that struck me was like, I wonder if people who can visualize, visual, visualize things more uh, are more prone to, um, schizophrenia like symptoms for example like the fact that they uh do have these uh very you know more visceral visual experiences does that make them more prone to to maybe mental disturbances whereas maybe people on the more advantageous side are more protected which might play into ideas of you know they've done research showing that blind people are are very unlikely to uh 
uh, people born blind are, are very unlikely to experience schizophrenia symptoms. And maybe there's some, you know, tie in there to the more visual activations being tied to more like delusions and, and, and um, auditory hallucinations, auditory visual hallucinations, things like that. So I think there's, uh, yeah, but getting back to your questions, it's just really hard for me to, uh, to even comprehend that experience. And so I don't feel like I'm missing out. So you've had this, uh, you've had aphantasia your entire life, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you just discovered that you had it at like 32, but you've had it your entire life. Yeah. Uh, so are there any distinct moments uh, from your childhood where you feel like, oh yeah, that, that was aphantasia, but at the time I just didn't know it. I just oh. assumed that like there was something wrong. Yeah, I, I do have a, f- a funny story around that because I think uh, there's there's lots of these stories online. There, there's actually a book about aphantasia you can get by a, someone who you know it's kind of a kind of an informal book. It's more of a, just a collection of people's stories and and talking to people with it. But one one story I had, um, you know, which is oft repeated when people talk about this is when I when I was when I was younger. I remember one one time I went to see Lord of the Rings uh, movie with my parents. And my dad, you know, loved those books when he was a kid. And after the movie uh, got out, he said something like, uh, you know, that's amazing. You know, it really corresponded to the images I had in my head about that story. Like everything just really matched up. And I just, you know, I I, I always think that stuff, you know, I always thought that stuff was like a figure of speech. It was like, you know, because I could theoretically say something similar in in the sense of like, well, I read a book and when I watched the movie, it didn't it didn't like go against my concepts that I had about these characters. But, you know, in his sense, when he said it, he was actually talking about actual visualizations of, of characters and scenes. Whereas like that would never have occurred to me. I always thought when people read books, they were like me and just had these concepts. And, you know, uh, that's why, you know, this is a common report too, for people with aphantasia, though they can't relate to all these descriptive uh, scenes and books you know, that describe uh, you know, how things look, how, how a scene looks, how a person looks. I mean, I always just, I, I, you know, unless I really liked the writer, I would just skip over that stuff because I just thought it was kind of like flowery, you know, uh, or, you know, fancy stuff to seem kind of pretentious. Whereas like other people really get something from that. They can actually visualize the scene. And I just, I can't relate to that. Like I can, I can read it from an intellectual sense. And, but it, to me, it's like, that doesn't do anything for me because it's just like, oh, there's a tree there. There's a, there's a, the, the you know, in a sense it can it can be it can set a scene in the sense of like oh there was a dark sky which is like does set a mood even if you don't visualize it but a lot of those visual aspects are just lost to me like in terms of why are they telling me this it doesn't do anything for me so so when you read a book uh you so you don't visualize anything in your mind it's more of just concepts that that occur yeah exactly it's like that you can still have a very uh, yeah, and you can still have a very you know, I I, I love books and I and I love and I love fiction um, less so now. I used to love fiction more, but I I don't think anything's lost because you know kind of like getting back to the the visceral experience of having a hallucination, uh, hallucinatory uh, experience on drugs. It's it can still be a very visceral affecting experience, even if it's it's kind of like having a memory of something lived. You don't necessarily have to have all the visuals. It's like you you just have a sense all those things occurred. So, I mean, this is just a question off the top of my head. Uh, suppose, for example, you read a book that's that's fictional, and the the book gets converted into a movie someday, and you go and watch the movie. Would you say that the movie, the scenes that occur in the movie, would more or less line up with your concepts of what happened in the book, or is that completely different? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because I don't, you know, have not having not having an expectation really, other than you know, I I can still sense when a, a movie is bad and doesn't adhere to like my concepts of what a good movie and what a how 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 much it should match the story. I think I think um, yeah. I, lost my train of thought there. No, it's okay. Uh, take your time. Could you ask that? Could you ask that again? Yeah. Uh, the... Yeah. For example, um, if if you take a book that that's like a fiction book that later on gets turned into a movie, and uh, you go you go and you watch that movie, and so would you say that the scenes or the characters or the faces of the characters, uh, which would typically be described in great detail in a book, oh right, down to the color of their eyes and the color of their hair and all of that, when you go and you see that. On, on like a big screen, would you say that that lines up with the image that you had, or rather the concept that you had in your mind when you were reading the book? Yeah, I'd say it's more that I just don't have an expectation, and I, I would say the thing I don't like about it, watching movies uh, about books that I really like is that the you know it, it goes from being this amorphous uh, conceptual thing in my head to being something very specific, and then those very specific things kind of supplant take the place of the amorphous thing which was better to me in my head as a as a theoretical story that's what i don't i don't actually like uh, a lot of times i don't actually like watching movies of books that i really like because it kind of takes over the story in my mind and not not even in a visual way uh just in a you know a story wise way but um yeah but to to your question i don't you know i don't really have like concepts other than like very loose I don't have visuals of the of the characters, for example, other than a very loose way. It's not like I plug in a specific face or even like um, you know a specific visual um, body type or hair color or anything for characters. Even characters that I you know really really like a lot in fiction I've read. It's more like I just have uh, the concept of like that person is this way. That you know I, I, the visual aspect it never really needs to be activated for me to enjoy it because I'm just like oh I know this character I know about them what they're like and they're over here in my mind you know uh, they're talking to someone it, none of that stuff has to be visual for me it's interesting that you say that that like none of it has to be visual for you because uh, you know when when we're in school and stuff and you're you're, you're reading up uh, material for an exam for example, and uh, you know you're you're just mugging it up at this point, and you're just trying to you know commit it to memory. And the next day, uh, at least this works for me. When I go to school the next day and I'm writing the the exam, I can imagine like certain sections of my textbook, and like literally copy it off my mind. Mm. So, uh, would you say how how would you say you wrote exams if you know you couldn't imagine like pages? Because for me, at least, I can't imagine someone writing an exam without doing that. So, huh. yeah, well, that say? must, that's an interesting question because I, yeah, I can't relate to that at all. I think it's, for me, it's more just about, you know, memorizing, um, ideas and, and yeah, I'd say, I'd say rarely, I'm sure I remember studying something or looking at an actual book. I mean, I think there could be i think there's there still can be concepts of like oh this stuff was on the same page it was located near each other but it, yeah again it's it's that spatial sense to me it it isn't uh that wouldn't be visual in any way but i, I so, still think there's there can be things that jog your memory for example like there there can be things like oh uh i i know that stuff was located in the same place and that can you know, jog a memory of like, oh, a, a kind of a spatial related memory of like, oh, these things were, were nearby it. 
but yeah, I, I wouldn't describe it as 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 uh, as visual. But that, it's an inter- there's so many interesting ways to study this stuff because you could, you know, you could ask people like uh, who who describe themselves as highly visual mental imaginers, like how they how they graded on tests in their life, and because I would imagine, yeah, like for people that. You know, because the, then you have the people that claim they have photographic memories too, which I'm, right, yeah, yeah, this, that, that would be the complete opposite of aphantasia, right? Right, and I'm also, you know, I'm pro- I'm a bit skeptical about that stuff too, too, just from like a bandwidth uh, perspective. It's like, how would, you know, uh, and, I, and I recognize that these people it must exist, but I haven't delved into it much. It just seems like. That must be a. They couldn't be always doing that because that would just be such a high amount of bandwidth, right? So mm-hmm. it must be just when they really focus on it or something. I'm not really sure. I don't know much about that. Uh, no, I, I actually happen to know someone who has photographic memory. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like for example, this it was a crazy experience that like I went through once where, uh, so I was walking into like my classroom, and uh, he was walking right behind me, and I of course like I if I want to go and like participate in class. I need to do my reading like a day before and like like keep reading it for it to like actually commit to my memory. Literally five minutes before we walked into class, he opened his phone, he opened up the reading, and he went through it in like five minutes. And he came in and it was just all committed to his memory. Like he could mm-hmm. read it from his mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. and that was quite fascinating to me because you know that wouldn't that technically it's it's unfair, right? Because when you think about <laughs> it, it's just unfair yeah. when it comes down to it. Yeah, it does seem yeah. Because I mean, I would technically classify that as cheating, also, if it comes to like <laughs> testing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, and I would, I would say, I, I, I could, I would think that there's people with aphantasia that could do the same thing. I think, it, I think it is more just a sheer, you know, mental capacity thing. And I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if you found people that had could perform that same function, but yet would describe themselves as, you know, having aphantasia and not having a visual image, because I think it's, you know, in some sense, it's just about, you know, you you could imagine doing the same thing with with a purely like brain power conceptual model and not like I'm actually seeing this in my mind, right? But I I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. So, uh, so for example, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm asking you, I'm telling you so many examples, but like, uh, if you had to do math in your head. Uh, how exactly would you do math in your head? Because for me, when I do math in my head, I, I literally visualize numbers adding up or like dividing. So how how does math work in your mind? <laughs> that's a that's a pretty hard question. I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty good at math, and I mean, I don't know. It just feels like a a computer doing the work. It's like you know the 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 numbers the the, the things pop into your head, and it's almost like thought in general. It's like how much control do we really have about this stuff this, this just seems to be like a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and for me it's it's definitely not visual but I still can do some pretty complex math in my head and I think it just gets down to the nature of how much of thought is hard to describe you know I I, I wouldn't know how to describe that but I'll, I'll think about that in future uh, yeah oh are there any like oh, studies going on for the treatment of aphantasia is it something that like scientists are actively working on curing, or is this something that's just not curable? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's curable in the sense that I think it's just a fundamental aspect of a lot of people. Like more people than they estimate have it. I think are on that are on that spectrum. Um, I should clarify too. I think you know, I think there might be you know, I sometimes feel like people are talking at 
different angles because you know like if you told me to visualize the number two i have a sense of something like the number two in my head it's not visual but it's like it's a sense of you know a sense of something sort of like you know you can i would be able to recognize it if i saw it in real life and i have a sense of it in my mind so there is like and i think that some people might categorize those kinds of things as visual again i think all that stuff's on a spectrum but i kind of wonder how many people to me that thing is clearly not visual in any sense it's a very abstract thing that's just floating in my head but i kind of wonder if some people would describe that as visual but to me it's not visual because it has no visual characteristics uh other than the sense like i could you know i have a sense of it enough to be able to recognize it in real life if i saw it um so i think that you know these things are all very hard to describe so i kind of wonder if a lot of the i do wonder if a lot of the stuff comes down to uh just people talking about it differently but then again i i i can't relate at all to people say that say they can it's a it's a visual experience so there definitely is something going on there you know something extremely different going on there uh but it's i i do feel like some of this stuff is just really hard to to talk about because i think you know when somebody like you might imagine like well th- yeah this person has absolutely nothing going on you know like in, in, in any sort of like spatial way in their brain where is that's not the case it's but it's it's just so hard to uh, talk about these things i think and, and i think that gets yeah, that gets in the way too i mean aphantasia is something i recently learned about uh, i i mean as far as i know there's not much representation for it uh you know in pop culture or any anything like that that really gets the word out to the masses mm-hmm. so i mean w- would would you agree with that or am i missing out on something no i think you're right there is some there's some researchers doing some work on it like i i followed some people on twitter who were some you know look like some legitimate researchers doing some work and then i've talked to some other you know psych uh neuroscience researchers who say like well how would you ever get to the bottom of this because at the end of the day you know you're talking about self reporting uh for people that largely do functionally the same things so you know how would you ever differentiate these things and at the end of the day like how can you you know what one person describes as um visual might not be what another person describes as visual in their mind and maybe a lot of it's just speaking about it in different terms or something you know so i think there's you know but at the end of the day i do think there's something you know dramatically different going on for for people just you know due to i mean like there's no way I, we can get around the fact that like i can't i can't uh relate at all to people that claim that experience is visual and then you have people saying like oh it's just as good as visual for me you know like there's something obviously going on there but as as to like how many you know i feel like there's a good amount of people that might fall towards the middle of the spectrum who, who might be like oh this is visual for me uh whereas this you know that same experience might be other people might be like oh that's that's not really visual for me i wouldn't describe that as visual so i feel like you know a lot of it gets down to this this problems of language and 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 the ephemeral you know mm-hmm. illusory nation uh, n- uh nature of thought it's just so hard to describe what our brains do because so much of it happens underneath the surface and you know we can have the illusion of of things being complete like when i look at the world it seems complete to me but it's only because i know that if i look somewhere else i can see another aspect of it what i'm actually absorbing might be a t- the tiniest fraction of what's there you know and, and so it gives the sense of like i have this complete world view and i think something similar happens 
in our brains where it's like, oh, I have the I have a concept of it and, and it and it seems kind of visual to me. And I have the sense that if I focus on another part of it, that part is there too. But is that is that visual? You know, is, is it not? I, I think those things can be hard to hard to define. Yeah, I agree with you because you, you you told me previously also that like uh, when you actually examine what people are capable of and like drill down into what details they actually have, uh, you don't think they're actually seeing images as much as they believe they are. Yeah, I, I'm skeptical because I think I, I would bet if you if you gave me some people that said that they their their experiences their mental experiences qualify as visual, if you sat them down and told them to draw something and then told them later to draw the same thing with it actually in front of them you know draw it from memory versus draw it with them in front of them I, I would I would imagine I would bet a lot of money that their their drawings from the actual thing would be much much better and so you, they, you would run into the problem of like them saying and, and making excuses for it like well I'm not just that I'm just not that good at drawler you know I'm not that good at illustrating and you know oh it got a little fuzzy as I you know, tried to imagine it but I, I think a lot of these things come down to like maybe that is that experience that they're describing as visual is just not as it, it's an it's more of an illusion that they think it is and, and i think that it applies to a lot of our 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 human experiences our, our conscious experiences where these things are not as complete as we think they are we have this we have the uh, you know illusion that these things are complete but when you drill down to it if you actually did studies i mean like why 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 isn't everybody a great drawler because i i would think if everybody had this amazing ability to visualize these things, why isn't everybody a great artist? Because I would think, I, 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 that's all I require, really. I mean, I have I have a very bad visual imagination, but if you put something in front of me, I can I can do a pretty good job with it, you know. And so why can't everybody do that if they claim that their experiences are actually visual, you know? So when you're imagining people in your mind, uh, do you just do you just uh, you know think of personality cues, or are you thinking of like faces and like? physical uh, images of their body it's more yeah i'd say it's conceptual it's like it's it's a sense of them and it, it's kind of like you, you know even though i can't uh, it, i can't imagine my mom's face in a visual sense for example i could i still know intellectually that she has certain traits and i can get a sense of like those traits if i focused on them one at a time like if i brought the try to you know imagine them i can get a sense of them and i can also know if somebody showed me a picture of you know my mom's face that had been altered i could easily recognize it because unconsciously i have all that stuff stored i can i can fact check against my unconscious memory of my mom's face and so you know all of those things uh if i yeah i, I can't bring my mom's face up or anyone on my wife's face but i can still recognize them very easily because all that stuff stored under the under the surface and if and i just have a concept of them right i have if i think of them i think of all the things that I know about them, all the feelings I have about them, uh, none of it becomes visual. Yeah. Uh, but then, would would you say aphantasia would be considered to be a a medical condition? Is it like a disability of sorts, or, I or would, is it something? I would never, I would never classify it as that. I mean, just you know, from a functional perspective, um, so many people can go their whole lives and not realize that they're different from other people, and you know, I would. I would also say, like me, there's probably a lot of people that are that are like, oh, I wouldn't even, you know, want that. I don't see how it would help my life to be able to do that. And maybe it's even a little intimidating because it's something so outlandish from your normal experience. So yeah, I, I, I would definitely never categorize it as a as anything like that. Yeah, I think it's just gets into that realm of things of like our our minds can work different ways to achieve the same 
outcome um, and how much of it is, you know, how much of it is, is above the, the surface of consciousness and exposed to our mind versus how much of it is unconscious, that kind of thing. So you mentioned that uh, you, you went to art school, right? And But then you didn't really like, uh, you didn't pursue it further. But now now you play poker, right? Well, I haven't. I don't play that much anymore. But yeah, for a while I was a professional poker player and I wrote some poker books. So so how would you classify, uh, did, did, Af- did Aphantasia play any role in how you play poker? Because, I mean, uh, you, you probably can't count cards, but like, uh, how exactly did, did Aphantasia play a role in playing poker? Yeah, I, I would say there probably is a is something there because I, I do have a you know I, I often would have a hard time remembering the suits of cards you know like uh-huh. my yeah, the yeah, suits I had stuff exactly like that. Exactly, but yeah, that's what I yeah, wanted to yeah. ask. No, it's a good yeah, it's a good question. I mean, and, you know, and, and whether that's due to aphantasia or maybe just a, a short term memory problem on my part because I I can definitely imagine being you know being like me having aphantasia and still having a great memory a great short term memory. But um, you know, it could be could be a factor. I just I can easily, you know, I easily, I can remember the numbers and the, and the ranks, you know, the queen, the king, because those are like more conceptual versus like the suits are more visual maybe and, and less conceptual. So they're harder to remember. So would you say that you faced, uh, you know, any difficulties in your adult life that others around you generally do not experience? Like people who don't have aphantasia? Yeah, that's debatable. And I think there's a lot to talk about there because I could think of like theoretical, uh, theoretical things people might call weaknesses like in terms of like not being that interested in in scenery or not being that interested in in descriptive passages and books and things like that but i think there's other you know then you could discuss the strengths too because i think you know i I think it it leads to some uh, being more conceptually uh, oriented and being more interested in ideas and less interested in visuals so maybe there's you know some strengths there but you know i think all that stuff's debatable i think it's probably just comes down to just being a, a, a different way of being yeah so um i mean if you had to summarize aphantasia as a condition how, how would you do it yeah it's it's a tough one because i think lots of people more educated than me on the subject would, would struggle with it but uh, you know i would just say um it's a it's it, it, it's it's a self-reporting that you do not experience uh, that your mental experiences are don't have a visual nature whereas a lot of people would report that their mental experiences do have a visual nature so so now you 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 don't play poker anymore but now you run a podcast about behavioral tendencies during poker right so just just tell me a little bit about it and like the name and stuff sure yeah it's um yeah that's just one of the things i'm doing now um yeah I, i'm kind of out of the poker scene a bit uh wrote, wrote a few books on that that were pretty well um well-respected on specifically on poker behavior, poker tells. So that's how I got into uh, making that podcast. That's about just human behavior in general. Um, not, uh, we've mentioned poker occasionally, but just interviewing uh, people that uh, in various walks of life who uh, work on various, uh, they, they use human behavior in their work, whether they're psychology researchers or, you know, somebody who's an interrogation specialist or a jury consultant, uh, just various jobs that involve uh, reading people. And so it's called People Who Read People. Uh, and yeah, you can find it on iTunes and Spotify and all that. All right. Uh, all the best for that. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on my podcast. This was like, a, it, was an, it was a very interesting conversation that I had because I didn't know a lot about this. So I'm no, glad you cleared out like most of my, my, my doubts.
Oh, thanks for having me on. That was, I thought it was great questions you asked. Yeah, I, I hope people, uh, hope people enjoy it. All right. Thank you so much and uh, have a good day. Thanks for shagging. Wow, man. I mean, that was, that was interesting to say the least. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the episode, there's, there's no, there's no way that you would ever know such a condition exists unless we talk about it more. And we need to talk about it more. This is something that we don't know and it's, it's, it's quote-unquote quite recent. And this is something that needs to be talked about a little more. Because God knows how many people, how many people listening to this episode have suffered from this literally till just now. And they, they didn't know that this was something that was a serious recognized condition. Because I mean, imagine not being able to visualize something in your mind. Because it comes up in conversation every fucking day, right? Like, holy shit, dude, do you remember that day when we were sitting here drinking this, doing this? It's like a, it's, it's, you form, you, 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 you automatically form an image in your mind when you're like, you know, oh, dude, the other day, my parents and I, we went out to the mall, we bought a couple of things. I bought a red shirt. I bought, you know, uh, blue jeans and I bought like a, like a gold colored uh, bracelet. You know, you, you'd have a distinct image in your mind when you think of these things. But for people with aphantasia or people who suffer from this condition, they, they just don't know that this is a thing. And in their mind, they're just like, okay, I mean, you bought a gold bracelet. Cool. It's like a concept, like, like Zach mentioned. It's like a concept in his head. It's not exactly an image as much as it's a concept. And that's an interesting topic. And like I said before, this is not a novelty, dude. This is just his life. And this is just how it's been. And this is how it's been for everyone who suffers from aphantasia. So, I mean, I hope you guys learned a lot through this episode. I definitely fucking did. I learned a, a lot. And now I'm aware of this condition. And oh, just by the way, if you listen to this episode and you feel like you have this condition, uh, let me know. Let me know if this episode uh, helped you understand something and uh, put you on to a condition and, and gave you a little bit of insight into why you have been or living the way that you live. Why you have found alternative ways of remembering things or visualizing things in your mind. Because people do that, right? If you don't know what, if you don't know that other people are capable of visualizing things, you're not going to think that you're any different unless somebody comes and specifically tells you. So if you, through the course of this episode, have found out that like, okay, I mean, uh, I suffer from aphantasia, then please let me know. Uh, DM me at Visakin underscore 7 or at the Untypical Podcast on Instagram or tweet at me or DM me on Twitter at Pillai Visakin and I'll be for sure to uh, reply to literally everyone who uh, DMs me about this and thank you so much for listening to this episode I hope you learned a lot and tune in for the next one the next episode is also a very interesting one and it's with someone who is polyamorous and it's with it, it surrounds polyamory and I'm pretty excited for that episode so this is a little, a little sneak peek into what the next episode will be like so uh, hopefully you tune in for that one as well and thank you so much for listening